Yes. Yeah, the Korean key. So you would bring together, say, 12 or 15 people, and it would run for the duration of, it should run indefinitely, actually, for however long the families decide to participate. And what I learned is a good percentage of most Korean and Asian families are participants in one of these key. And it's a, you bring, they say they decide on a pre, um, predetermined amount, say $1,000. So 12 people each month bring $1,000, that's $1,200 a month. So the first person, say the one who organized the key, that person would get the $1,200 that month. The next month, they choose a different person. And essentially, the goal is for you to take that money and start a business. That's how they're using it in their communities now. They would take it and start and go buy real estate, go buy the laundromat, go buy the grocery store. But it's bigger stakes because they have keys that, each month is up to a million dollars being paid in. Each month is up to like twenty and thirty and fifty thousand dollars being paid in. And so each month, another member of the group is getting a lump sum for one, and you get it's cash, it's no interest, and your re your payments are already pre um, determined. The only thing is you have to wait your turn to get your piece of the pot. And once you get your piece of the pot, you are you have to return every month and keep putting back into it. So that ensures everybody gets that piece of uh, the fun. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it, it's um, it's really important uh, to study um, how other cultures approach, you know, collective economics um, and cooperative economics. You know, however you want to phrase it. Um, because it kind of gives us, you know, it gives us ideas. It gives us insight, and it helps us to tune our ideas about collective economics. Um, but I think it's also important um, to highlight our own cultural tr tradition, because what we're doing here is, is a, it's it's a dual um, track. Um, we're it, it seems it's important to to um, show people in the African American ethnic community what we're capable of. At the same time, we should be connecting ourselves back to our own tradition, and, and we have a rich history of collective economics. I do. And, I agree with that. We need to show. We need more people being, I guess, on the front lines. I, I get what you're saying. We need we need to be able to see it, to see the uh, tangibility. Yeah, we need to be connected to it because part of, I mean, so so understanding how Jews do it and Koreans do it and other Asian communities do it, um, um, you know, and even how Anglo Americans have done it. By the way because there's quite a few Anglo-American examples, the Hungarian, you know, from different parts of Europe, immigrant groups, as they came here, they all use collective economics, Italians, blah, 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 one way or another, you know, any group you can name. So, but, you know, while we do all of that, because it enriches our understanding, we should still be connecting back to our own rich heritage. I mean, we are the inventors yeah. of Ubuntu, Right, Ubuntu, Ubuntu culture and economics is all about how to do things collectively. 
Um, um, and by the way, in America, in America, um, African Americans were the first to use collectivism in terms of economics, uh, social and community development, um, education and all that on a large scale. I mean, massive scale, because it was part of our reconstruction strategy, um, you know, um, when, when we were basically repairing our communities after they had been destroyed and abused during slavery. So, um, so our part of our, you know, strategy um, was all about, you know, unification and collective economics. And also we have the Ojapo, the uh, Ojama um, you know, developed with the whole Kwanzaa um, coalition um, that came out of that era and those ideas. Um, so with the Kwanzaa coalition and the Kwanzaa holiday and, and all of that, um, you have the Ujama idea about cooperative economics. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is it's always good to say, okay, this is what the other groups are doing. And by the way, this is not some idea that's foreign to us. You know, we were the inventors of these concepts in ancient times, and in more recent historical times, we were the purveyors of it. You know, um, and we we innovated in these areas, and we have lots of historical, traditional ideas around it, and elders who tried to teach us these things. So let's learn from them as well. You know, W. E. B. Du Bois had a lot to say about collective economics yeah. and class. Yeah. No. What do you think so, about capitalism? What do you, when I, let me uh, ask, re ask. What do you think about capitalism versus socialism? I run into a lot of the argument and discussion of, because I promote black business ownership, I promote ownership within America, which is ownership within a capitalistic system. And a lot of people have presented the idea to me, not even, it's not an idea, it's true. The fact that capitalism breeds classism and my response was well classism in a hierarchy has always been around since the ancient times of egypt where black people um have been for years so i don't know if there is a way that a higher hierarchical system will never exist and like what type of society that would be if it never exists and what i also think is the state at which black people are in it is really hard for us to think about a capitalistic system that really benefits us when it has disadvantaged us for so long. But I do think it is possible because when this all started, when slavery was a thing, I look at slavery as a very economical thing because that's essentially what it was. We were traded as property against sugar and rum and guns and horses and stuff like that. And it was just all moved around the transatlantic slaves. Like they say, it's called the transatlantic slave trade, but they never talk about the other things that were traded in um for the slaves so i say all that to say when they went to africa to get the slaves they had to sit down in front of black african diplomats and ask them before and this was before they just started kidnapping them they bought slaves they so they had to go to these guys and say like okay we're gonna pay you this this and this for these war prisoners of yours okay so they were profiting at that point those black african heads of state they profited from the selling of their war prisoners who were then turned into um, slaves and chattel slavery. 
So what I think is yeah. we we are strong enough because we have been profiting from capitalism. Capitalism isn't something that's new to us. We have just been disadvantaged so much in this American system that it's hard for us to believe that. And I don't think once enough of us, um, well, no, I don't want to say it like that. I don't think once black America as a whole becomes in a higher economical power, once they gain a higher economical power, that we will really decide that socialism, a full socialistic uh, society is what we want. Now, some socialistic principles I can agree with, like free medical care, okay, free college, that other countries have that, but a total system, no. Okay, so yeah, I think there's a lot of um, exaggeration around these terms. By the way, none of this is new. Hmm. Um, so we, we, because we all grow up educated, um, in, in kind of a um, from a from a west a, you know western perspective you know western world it's basically west European perspective not all of us but let's say many of us um, um, we have to kind of try to stretch ourselves and get out of the logic traps that happen when we're educated in a certain way and we we see things just within one paradigm and that's um, the kind of the history of uh, economic theory as it evolved in Europe. You know, um, and particularly over the past uh, 300 or so years, right? Um, but the capitalism, if we just kind of stretch that definition, you know, because you did a good job just a moment ago, and think about it as um, systems of ownership, of buying and selling, of retaining your property and property rights, you know, and your right. Um, to profit, right? Mm -hmm. um, so without adding any extra definition to it, just in that fundamental um, place, um, capitalism is as old as humanity. It's, it's not new in that regard. And then we have this exaggerated term, socialism. Okay, so if we just go back to the Western education, um, socialism by its pristine you know, um, un, you know, undiluted definition is supposed to be um, um, where, the, where the people actually control, by definition, you know, without any other variance, it's supposed to be where the people control, you know, that means they have, they have say, each person, um, by whatever method, in the production and ownership, you know, of the mechanisms of capital. So that means they own the factories and the means of production and they participate in that wealth. That's socialism in its pristine form. That's the, the actual definition. That's before we start adding variants, mm -hmm. you know, like to, to state totalitarian communism and, and all these other versions, Bolshevik communism, you know, you know, all these things that really are divergent from that definition of socialism. So if we go back to the original definition of socialism, there hasn't been a modern socialist state ever. It's an idea. You know, there hasn't been a state where, where everything has been controlled, and not in Russia, not in China, not in any place they try to throw these so-called um, socialist narratives out. Um, all of the modern world has had some degree of both capitalism and some shared resources 
and then there were other structures in there as well so I, that some of I, these governments were totalitarian yeah some of them never shared anything with the people they were central they were centralized states see that I th- is not i think socialism. you just confirmed my my original thought process because i already thought to myself that that <coughs> excuse me I had already thought to myself that that wouldn't work. And I'm like, in any, I keep thinking in any way that we try this, it would be come to a point where the people want to own something. Like you said, own the systems of capital. I do not think there were, and that's what I was saying, like if black people get the economical power, would we really decide that a government body should own everything? I don't think so. I think we would still want a. Um, that's never existed. Yeah, that's, it's, that, that's never existed. It's it's it's, it's exaggeration. Mm-hmm. A lot of political organizations exaggerate these terms so that they can confuse the discussion and then drive people to vote and think in a certain way. Because what what, what essentially what the fight is between is is extreme radical capitalism. And, and really, there has never been a case of extreme radical socialism, like I said, in the modern world. Mm-hmm. What there's been is communism. Um, so, so the conversation uses the terminology of socialism, but really we're talking about communism and we're talking about state, centralized state dictatorships. That's only so, 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 you know, communist China, communist Russia, blah, blah, blah. Um, um, there's never been a real socialist state unless you go to some small tribal communities somewhere where they actually truly share. You know, that's that's as close as we've gotten. You know, other than that, big state governments have never achieved the idea of socialism. And by the way, neither has there been this 100% laissez-faire capitalist society because bottom line is any of those extremes um, extreme capitalism, if we continue to go in that that direction, will will destroy a state. What is extreme because, capitalism because what like? Extreme capitalism would be the the, the the actual idea, the actual idea that property ownership and individual property and the accumulation of wealth has primacy over every other directive in a nation. Right, because a nation is a social contract. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that we all come together, and there has to be some mutual protection. Right? Mm-hmm. It, otherwise, we're not a nation. We're not a people. We're not an accumulation of citizens working together toward any common cause. If the bottom line is we're we're individual, and competition is all that directs us. Mm-hmm. So extreme capitalism is actually an anarchical. Uh, steps toward policy and, and you know changing policy and governance and um, and promoting um, you know those ideas as needed to improve laws word I, well I do appreciate your time mr. Williams and I expect to have you back on this show many more times to just keep this conversation going and just provide a lot of audience a lot of value to our audience but I thank you for your time and we're out of here